Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. I tell you what, I'm excited to start this new series that we're starting today called The Struggle Bus. Everybody just say, The Struggle Bus. You got to say it like that. (laughs) Struggle Bus. Now help me up. How many of you have ever heard that term before, The Struggle Bus? Some of you raise your hand. How many of you never heard of, never heard that before, ever? A few of you raise your hand. If you raise your hand, don't feel left out. It's just, it's an internet thing, okay? It's like, it's a social media thing. And basically, this is what it means. Basically, it just means, man, I'm struggling today. Come on, anybody? ever had one of those days before some of you are like not just days like I have one of those years you know and that's what the struggle bus basically just means it just means hey things aren't going well I'm having a bad day it hasn't been my day my week my month or even my year come on see what I did right there that's pretty good and, and, and here's the deal, is that all of us have struggles in life at times, and we all have difficulties and things. In fact, I was just thinking about how could I explain what the struggle bus really is all about, and I thought about this story. I've read it to you before, but I just want to share it with you again, because it just explains perfectly what it means to ride the struggle bus, all right? It's about this guy. It says, there was a man who was working on his motorcycle on his patio, and his wife was in the house in the kitchen. And the man was racing the engine of the motorcycle and somehow the motorcycle slipped into gear and the man was still holding on to the handlebars and so he was dragged through the glass patio door and the motorcycle was dumped on the floor inside the house. How many know this guy's not having a good day, right? Well, the wife heard the crash. She ran into the dining room and she found her husband laying on the floor, cut and bleeding. And the motorcycle laying next to him in the patio door with shattered glasses everywhere. So the wife ran to the phone and she called 911. Well, since they lived on a fairly large hill, the wife went down several flights of steps uh, to the street to direct the paramedics to where her husband were. Well, after the paramedics arrived... Excuse me. After the paramedics arrived and transported the husband to the hospital, the wife uprighted the motorcycle, pushed it inside, and she saw that there was gas that was spilled all over the floor. So she grabbed some paper towels and she blotted up all the gasoline and she threw the towels into the toilet. Well, the husband was treated at the hospital and he was released to come home. Well, after he got home, he looked around, he saw this shattered patio door and he saw the damage that was done to his motorcycle. And he was so upset that he went into the bathroom. He sat down on the toilet and smoked a cigarette. How many can see where this is going? After he got done with the cigarette, he flipped it between his legs into the toilet bowl while he was still seated. The wife was in the kitchen. She heard a loud explosion and her husband screaming. She ran into the bathroom and found her husband laying on the floor, his pants on fire, suffering from burns on you know where. The wife began to uh, ran to the phone again and called the ambulance. This time, the same ambulance crew arrived. 
And when they arrived, the wife met them at the street. The paramedics loaded the husband up on the stretcher and began to carry him to the street. And while they were going down the several flights of stairs, one of the paramedics asked how this happened to the husband. Well, when she told him the story, the paramedic began to laugh so hard that one of them tipped the stretcher and dropped the man out. He fell down the remaining steps and broke his ankle. How many know this dude is riding the struggle bus? How many ever been there before, right? You're like, man, my day is not going. Some of you are like, man, I'm not just riding the struggle bus. I'm driving the struggle bus. And I ain't just driving it like it's going off the cliff into a burning heap down at the bottom. Come on, how many have ever been there before, right? And that's what we're going to talk about in this series for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about a few of the struggles that many of us will face at times in our life. I'm so excited. Next week is Easter. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Thomas. And we're going to talk about what happens in the times when we struggle with doubts and when we struggle with questions. We're going to, we're going to talk about faith struggles. And many of you may have some family and friends that maybe have struggled with their faith. I would just challenge you, get them here for that. And then right after that on Baptism Sunday, we're going to talk about emotional struggles and we're going to talk about what happens when we struggle with discouragement or maybe even depression or what happens when we just struggle with unhappiness and sadness and how do we find joy and we're going to deal with that a little bit. Then right after that we're going to do something that we have never done as a church here at LifeGate before. We're going to talk about marriage struggles which we've actually talked about that before but we're going to do it in a different way. We're actually going to have a tag team sermon between me and Pastor Amber on that day. I'm telling you. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to talk about all our marriage struggles that we have had and how to overcome those. And then Mother's Day is right after that. And what's better than Pastor Chad and Amber tag teaming together is Pastor Amber all by herself. That's the best you could ever get. And she's going to talk about family struggles. But today what I want to do is I want to just kind of kick this thing off by just laying the groundwork a little bit and talking about struggles in our life. And here, let me just kick off the sermon by just telling you this, all right? I, I just want you to know you're going to struggle. In fact, everybody just look at your neighbors, tell them you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. Now, here's the deal. I would love to be here, be able to stand up here and tell you that, you know what, if you follow Jesus, that you'll never have any more problems. Like if you do all the good stuff, go to church, give in the offering, you know, teach a life kids class. If like, if you help little old ladies across the street, like if you live a good life, you will never have struggles. But here's the deal. I can't tell you that because it's just not true. The fact of the matter is you will have struggles in your life. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, you know, pastor, this is supposed to be a day of celebration. Like you're kind of being Debbie Downer here. I mean, I need you to be a little bit more positive today. Well, let me just tell you, I'm positive. You will struggle. (laughs) That joke, it works every time. Like I just keep doing it because y'all keep laughing. And, And it's, it's just true. All right. Let's just be real. Like the struggle is real. You and I, we're going to face difficulties and trials and problems and instances where life doesn't go the way that we wanted it to go. In fact, that leads me to our key verse for this entire series. We, we find the words of Jesus in John chapter 16 and verse number 33. I want him to put it on the screen. I want, you to, I want you to see these words that Jesus says. Look what he says. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. For in this world, you will have 
trouble. Everybody say those words with me today. You will have trouble trouble. In this world, Jesus says, you can mark it down. You can take it to the bank. It's just a normal part of your life. In this world, you will have trouble. There will be struggles. There will be trials. There will be difficulties. But look what he says. I love the last part of the verse, but he says, take hearts, be encouraged, have hope today. Why? Because I have already overcome the world. I love this verse because Jesus is just real with us. I mean, he just says, hey, guys, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be problems. And yet I had never really noticed this. I preached this verse many times, but I'd never really noticed kind of the way that he sets it up. He he says, hey, guys, I'm telling you this. I'm about to tell you something that's going to feel like a downer, but I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm not trying to discourage you. Look what he says. He says, I'm telling you these things so that you'll have peace. I'm telling you these things to encourage you when the struggle comes, when the trial comes and you face it in life, be encouraged. What, what, is, what is Jesus doing? Like Jesus is the master leader. And what he is doing is he is doing what leaders do. He's setting the expectations and he's telling us, hey guys, if you think that life is always going to be a bed of roses, if you think it's always going to be rainbows and unicorns and everything's going to be good all the time, guess what? You're going to be greatly disappointed. And I'm not telling you this so that you will be discouraged. I'm telling you this so that you will have peace. There will be trouble in your life. There will be struggles that you would face. Every one of us will ride the struggle bus at times in our life. But Jesus says, you can have, take heart. You can be encouraged. You can have hope because whatever struggle that you are facing in life and you will face one, I have already overcome it. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to lay the groundwork because some of you are facing some struggles in your life and maybe you're even wondering like, why am I facing this? Why am I going through what I'm going through? And so here's what we're going to do to set us up for this whole series. We're just going to talk about why do we face struggles? Why, if there is a God who loves us, why would he allow us to experience things that would be difficult? Why would he allow things in our lives that would be more than we seem to be able to handle and bear on our own? And today we're just going to do, I don't want to belittle your struggle because we all have them. Some of you, it may be way worse than anything I've ever struggled with. And man, I really get that and understand that. But I do believe that the scripture gives us just a few reasons that maybe God would allow us to go through some struggles. So if you're taking notes, you can write these down. We're just going to see four things, four reasons that all of us struggle in life. The first one is simply this. Why, why do we sometimes ride the struggle bus? Number one is so that we will know God's presence. How many know that you, that you know God's presence. It seems like if you're a follower of Christ, you understand this. Like it seems like in the darkest of times, that's the time when God's light shines the brightest in our life. How many of you know what I'm saying? Like it's in the moments where we're facing the struggle that, that many times we feel his presence in a deeper and in a greater way. In fact, this is what David was talking about in Psalm 23, the famous psalm that we all, we all probably know much, most of it by heart. But look what he says. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. It's in the valley of the shadow of death. It's in the struggles and the trials and the difficulties that we experience God's presence the most. And I think we all kind of know this deep down inside, but come on, let's just be real and be honest. We're all human, right? And here's the natural human tendency. Like when things are going good, we kind of get this attitude. Well, hey, things are going good. You know, I don't really need God quite as much as I needed him before. Come on, how you know what I'm saying? 
Like when your life is going good, come on, I don't know if, if maybe I'm, you know, I'm just not very spiritual, but I know this is how it is for my life. When my life is going really good, you know, sometimes I kind of wake up and go, well, you know, I don't really need to pray today because everything's going good. Come on, right? I don't really need to read my Bible today. Like my life's going great. Or, you know, hey, I don't need to go to church this weekend. They'll be back next weekend. You know, I can kind of catch it then. Or, you know, I don't really need, I don't really need to be around my Christian friends today. Like, like I don't really need God quite as much when things are all going good in life. But guess what happens as soon as you face a struggle in life, suddenly you're going, oh God, I need you. Come on, right? Suddenly it's like, oh man, you know, I'm reading my Bible three times a day. I'm praying all day long. Like I'm going to church and not just going to the early service. I'm staying for both services, you know? Like I'm listening to podcasts. Like suddenly when things go bad, I lose my job or my marriage is struggling or I get sick or the car breaks down and I don't have enough money to fix it. Suddenly I'm like, oh God, I need you, right? In fact, it kind of reminds me of this story I heard one time about this atheist who went out for a walk in the woods. And as he was walking in the woods, he was just kind of looking around, uh, just admiring all that evolution had created. And he said, oh, what majestic trees and what powerful rivers and what beautiful and beautiful animals as he looked around. And as he was walking alongside the river, suddenly he heard a rustling in the bushes behind him. And so he turned to look. And when he turned around, he saw that there was a seven foot tall grizzly bear that was charging straight towards him. He ran as fast as he could up the path and he took, uh, he looked over his shoulder and saw that the bear was still closing in. His heart was pumping frantically and he tried to run even faster until finally he tripped and he fell on the ground. He rolled back over to pick himself up and he saw that the bear was right on top of him, reaching for him with his left paw and his right paw up in the air. I did the wrong hands on that one there. Left paw and right paw. And grandpa and grandma. Getting ready to strike the man. And at that moment, the atheist cried out, Oh God, please save me. Time stopped. The bear froze. The forest was silent. Even the river stopped moving. Suddenly a bright light from heaven shone down upon the man. A voice came out of the sky and says, you deny my existence for all of these years. You teach others I don't exist. Even give credit for creation to some cosmic accident. And now you expect me to help you out of this predicament. I thought you didn't believe in me. The atheist looked directly into the light. He said, that's right. It would be hypocritical for me now to suddenly ask you to treat me as a Christian. But perhaps maybe you could make the bear a Christian. (laughs) Very well, said the voice. The light went out. The river began to run again. The sounds of the forest resumed. And then the bear dropped his right paw and brought both paws together. Bowed his head and said, thank you, Lord, for this food I'm about to partake of. Come on, that's funny right there. I don't even care. And you know, that reminds me of a lot of us. You know, as long as things are going good, I don't need God. I can do my own thing. 
It kind of reminds me of Jonah. Like God told him to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go. You might remember the story. Goes in the ship, storm comes. How many know when we, when we run from God, storms tend to come, struggles tend to come in our lives. And, and those struggles come to get our attention, right? And, and then Jonah gets thrown overboard, gets swallowed up by a great fish. And it's not until the moment of his struggle. Look what happens with, jo- with Jonah. In Jonah 2 and verse 2, it says, in my distress... I called to the Lord. In verse 7, it says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. In other words, it wasn't until he went through a struggle that he realized how much he needed God. And the truth is, some of you are facing struggles today and you have a choice in the middle of that struggle. You can allow that struggle to drive you away from God or you can allow that struggle to drive you to that place where you're desperate for the presence of God once again in your life. And that would be my challenge to you today. If you are facing struggles. Maybe just maybe God wants to show you his presence in the middle of the storm, the struggle that you're facing today. Why does God allow us to have struggles? Maybe it's so that we will know his presence. Number two, write this down. Maybe it's so that we will depend on his people. See, sometimes we face struggles and here's what God is trying to do. He's trying to just get us to ask for help. And sometimes he wants us to ask for his help. But you know what? Sometimes he wants us to do, ask for help from the people that are around us. In fact, I know, I don't know about you, but here's how I know. Like my tendency is kind of be like this. I can handle it on my own. Anybody in the house that's like that? Like I don't need nobody's help. Like I'm independent. I'm strong. I can do it. Like some of your motto is this. If you want it done right, just do it yourself, right? Others of you are like, you know what? I depended on others at other times in my life. And when I depended on them, they let me down. So I don't want to let anybody in close. Or some of you are just like, hey, it's not their responsibility. So I got to handle it all on my own. And here's what I would tell you. No, you don't. In fact, God never created you to handle it all on your own. He created you to need help, not just his help, but the help of people around you. In fact, you remember the story of creation, how God created the heavens and the earth and he created the, you know, the, the sun and the sky and the animals and all those things and he said it is good and then he created man and he said it is very good. But then suddenly he says something in, in the book of Genesis chapter two, he says something's not good. Something is out of place. And he says it's not good for a man to be alone. And I want you to notice this. This man already had a perfect relationship. God, God and Adam had perfect relationship with one another and yet he was still missing something and some of you here's the deal you're like me and God we're going to handle it on our own but that's not the way God created you to live he put he created you to live within a community to have to have help to have people around you and sometimes we face the struggle so that we will look around and see that there are people that are there to hold us up in fact what was God's solution for the thing that wasn't good he created a help Mate, a helper for Adam. And guess what? You were created the same way. You were created to need a family, to need friends. In fact, some of you, this is what you need to decide today. Man, I'm not carrying this thing on my own anymore. There are people that God has placed in my life. I need a church. I need a family. I need relationships. I need a life group. I need brothers and sisters. I need people. I need friends. I need people who will carry the burden with me. In fact, I love the way that Paul writes it in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. He says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. The Bible says, here's what God has called us to do. That we were never meant to carry our struggles on our own. In fact, that's our heart here at LifeGate. We talk about let's do life together. That's more than just a saying. Like that's our heart. 
to say, hey, guess what? The struggles of your life are too big for you to carry on your own. You need some help. You need people. And we want to come alongside you. And hey, we're not perfect. We'll blow it. We'll mess up. Man, I've messed up so many times trying to be there for people. But here's, here's the deal. Our heart is to say, hey, let's do this together because this is the way God created us. And some of you are here and you're guests. And, and I would just invite you to say, hey, we would love for you to be a part of the community that God is building because the struggle is too great for you to carry it on your own. Why would God let us struggle? Maybe it's so we'll know his presence. Maybe it's so that we'll depend on his people. Number three, write this down. Maybe is so that we will gain wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. So that we will gain wisdom for our future problems. Here, here's the deal, guys. Like, you got struggles now, but guess what? You're going to have struggles in the future, too. Now, I know you feel really encouraged now, don't you? <laughs> but it's just true. And guess what? Maybe the struggle that you're facing now is actually there to build you and strengthen you and make you what you need to be so that you'll be able to overcome the greater struggle that's coming later in your life. Maybe God is trying to build you. In fact, we've said it a million times around here, but I'll say it a million and one. God is more concerned with your character than he is with your comforts. He's more concerned with who you are and who you are becoming than how you are feeling in the moment. And so many times, here's the thing that we're concerned with is how am I feeling right now? But God cares about how are you growing? How are you developing? How are you maturing? In fact, I love the way the scripture says it in James chapter one and verse two. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be what everybody say it aloud may be mature and complete not lacking anything he says hey look you're gonna face troubles he doesn't say if you face troubles no he says when you face troubles here's what you can know not every struggle is bad it may be bad in the moment but there may be a reason for it God might actually use it to grow you to develop you to build you to prepare you so that when you face this struggle and come through, then when you face the next struggle, it won't be quite as hard the next time. In fact, it reminds me of one of my favorite characters in the whole Bible, David. How many you remember the story of David and Goliath? Remember that story? Famous story. How was David able to defeat Goliath? Only because he had gone through struggles before. He faced a lion and he faced a bear that prepared him, that developed him, that grew him, that made him into the man that he was so that he could later defeat Goliath. And here's what I want to tell some of you. Some of you, the storm you're facing, the struggle you're facing right now might just be the thing that God is using to build you and prepare you for the greater victory he wants to bring in your life. In fact, it kind of reminds me of one of my favorite movies, actually my favorite movie of all time, a movie called Karate Kid. Come on, how many of you remember the movie <laughs> Karate Kid, right? Like, like how, many, how many remember, like, you know, not the, not the new one, like with Will Smith's son and stuff. No, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the one with Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Best movie of all time. You remember the story, Daniel, he moves to a new town and he's getting beat up by the bullies and some of it he brought on himself. How many know sometimes the struggles we bring on ourselves, right? But most of it he didn't deserve and so finally he's like man I'm tired of getting beat up every single day every time I go to school they're beating me up and and so he's like I gotta learn karate not at the not at the not at the why but at a good school that's a line from the from the movie if you didn't know and so I gotta you know I gotta learn some karate and so he meets this guy Mr. Miyagi and, and Mr. Miyagi says I'll teach you karate he says I promise to teach you promise to learn he says I said you do no question you remember that part right <laughs> 
And so he reaches out his hand, like to shake his head, and he puts a sponge in his hand. And he says, I'm going to teach you karate, but first I wash all the car. Right hand to make a circle, left hand to make a circle. Come on, remember that? Wax on, wax off, wax on. So Daniel's son, he, he washes the car, wax on, wax off, the whole that thing. He's thinking, well, maybe, you know, I'm just paying, you know, the price for learning karate. Well, he comes back the next day, and Mr. Miyagi's like, okay, you wash the car, but today what I want you to do is paint the fence up, down. Remember that part? Up, down. So Daniel's son paints the fence. I mean, all day long, he's painting, comes back, says, I'm ready to learn karate, and then Mr. Miyagi goes, both side, you know, and so no, I gotta do the other side. Up, down, up, down. Next day he comes back, he says, paint the house side to side, side to side. Remember that? And so man, he's like getting so tired of things, like send the floor, right hand to make a circle, left hand to make a circle. <laughs> Finally, like Danielson's like, I'm fed up with this. I've been washing the cars, painting the fence, painting the house, sending the floor. I thought you were going to teach karate. And Mr. Miyagi goes, show me sat on the floor. And he goes, and he goes, wax on, wax off, or whatever. And then Mr. Miyagi goes, no, right hand to make a circle, oh, like this. Left hand to make a circle, oh, like that. Wax on, wax off, up, down, oh, 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 wow. <laughs> The whole time, he was learning karate. He didn't even know it. Some of you are like, Pastor Chad, you've done that before. That's right. And it's grand opening and we're doing greatest hits today. (laughs) You wouldn't go to a Garth Brooks concert and not hear the dance, right? Come on. You can't go to grand opening and not hear Karate Kid. But there's a message in there. Danielson thought he was just painting the fence. Thought he was just waxing the cars. But the whole time he was learning butt kicking karate. You know what James says? James says, sometimes you go through struggles and you don't know why you're going through the struggle. And maybe, just maybe, God's making you into a giant killer. Maybe he's teaching you how to be a crane-kicking, devil-beating. Come on, right? He's trying to give you the strength and the character that you need to face the next struggle that you're going to face in your life. Why would we face struggles? Maybe so we'll know God's presence. Maybe so we'll depend on God's people. Maybe so we'll gain wisdom for the future problems. But then notice this. I love this one. Maybe, maybe just maybe is so that we will witness God's power in our lives. How many know you would never need a miracle in your life if you never had a struggle? And sometimes it's in our greatest weaknesses. It's in our deepest struggles that we experience God's power showing up in a way that we could never experience on our own. In fact, it reminds me of the Apostle, the Apostle Paul. Man, if anybody had struggles, it was the Apostle Paul. You, you just read about and think about his life. Man, he was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a snake. I mean, everything that could ever happen to a guy happened to a guy. And it happened to this guy, Apostle Paul. And, and yet his deepest, most difficult struggle was something that was happening. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it was probably something that was happening deep down inside and he called it a thorn in the flesh. In fact, it was such a deep struggle that he prayed and he begged the Lord. The Bible says three times to take the struggle away. Isn't that what we do sometimes? God, take the struggle away. But notice how God answers Paul's prayer. Check it out in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. But God said to me, my grace, everybody say my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect. When? When you're strong and everything is going good. No, no. My power is made perfect in 
weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For listen to this part. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Some of you are facing struggles today. And here's what you need to hear. Some of you, maybe God's put that struggle in your life just to get your attention and help you to experience his presence in the middle of that struggle. Some of you, maybe it's so that you'll realize, man, I can't handle this on my own. I need a church family. I need a body of people around me to help me carry it. Maybe some of you, it's because God is trying to build you into a powerful disciple that he has called you to be. But some of it, maybe God has allowed this struggle in your life so that he can show up and show his power in a greater way in your life. In fact, today is a special day. Celebration Sunday. It's grand opening. But you know, it's not just special because it's grand opening. Today's special because it's Palm Sunday. And on Palm Sunday, you know what we celebrate? We celebrate Jesus' suffering. The greatest struggle that any man has ever faced. When he went to that cross, he laid his life down. He took the nails in his hand and the spear in his side. The crown on his head. The beating, the lashes upon his back. And why did he do that? Why did he face such, such a struggle that was so intense and so great? He did it so that he could understand the struggle that you're facing today. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that we don't have some high priest that's high and mighty up in the sky that doesn't understand what we're going through. Oh, yes, he's high and mighty, but he came down off of his throne and he came down to live in a human body just like you and me so that he could understand the same struggle that you and I face on a daily basis. He understands. You know what? He cares. Sometimes we think, well, does God even care about this struggle that I'm facing? He does. The Bible says in 1 Peter that we can cast all our cares on him. Why? Because he cares for us. Today we celebrate that Jesus faced the greatest struggle ever known to man. But you know what? He didn't just face the struggle. He overcame it. He didn't just, he didn't just go in that tomb. No, no, no. On the third day, what we're going to celebrate six days from today on Easter weekend, what we're going to celebrate is that he didn't just die. He rose again. He didn't just fight the struggle battle. He won the struggle battle once and for all. He understands what you're going through. He cares about what you're going through. And the struggle that you're facing, here's the good news. He's already overcome it. You can't overcome it, but he did it for you. That's what today's all about. Man, even getting in this building, it's the last two and a half years. It's a struggle. <laughs> but you know what? Even in the struggle, God is working in our lives. 